Simmons. Fly ball shallow left. Back is Cosmo. He'll take it. He'll call. Oh, it's going to drop. It falls. Miscommunication. And the bases are loaded. And Box can't believe it. They're calling it an infield fly rule. Welcome in to Infield Fly. No, I'm not Ben. Sadly, Ben had some other activities to attend tonight. So it's just me, Blake, and JD on the mic with you tonight. Uh, JD, what's up, man? Nothing much. I know that Ben's probably downstairs ready to kill his neighbor for complaining about noise. And I know that me and Blake are currently wearing the same hat, and it is a Tennessee totally, Balls hat. Totally unplanned. Totally unplanned. Totally unplanned. But, yes, the Tennessee Balls season is right around the corner. This is about to be an awesome time in sports coming up next weekend, and I cannot wait. 2020 is taking a turn in October. It's it, we're, turn, we're flipping the script. You've got uh, – got, PS5 pre-ordered yesterday morning or this morning. Uh, I don't know if any of you guys listening have tried to get in on that train, but it was a disaster. Uh, woke up at about 3 a.m., looked on Best Buy, added one to my cart. Didn't mean anything. Just cut clicking buttons, and next thing I know, I get an order confirmation. So 2020 is taking a turn starting in October. We got that coming out. Football, like you said, coming back. Postseason baseball, expanded postseason heightened games in the three-game series to start out. Postseason bubble, we'll talk about that a little bit later on. The Braves' magic number, you said, J.D., is at eight to win the division. Could go for a three-peat on the NL East. Uh, but first, we're going to kind of update where we stand as far as our predictions went from the beginning of the year. Uh, if you listen to our first podcast for this season, we all picked our MVP, Cy Young, Rookie of the Year, and Manager of the Year. Uh, people along with who we thought would make the playoffs and win each division and they were not great I don't think across the board I know mine weren't if you look at my Cy Young pick uh, for the NL got hurt about what a month or two into the season yeah but yeah but I mean you can't predict injuries we're not going to count that against you I'm just going to find the highlights of our predictions the goods the bads the uglies um and yeah, let's get let's get into those, Blake. Um, so I'll start off with my prediction. Some of the ones I kind of uh, I kind of highlighted um, where I was right. Um, as you guys know, I was high on the Rays. I thought that they could easily compete with the Yankees. I didn't think they would pull it out. Yankees injuries um, and that losing skid midway through the season uh, really helped push them past the Yankees currently. I think the Yankees are three, three and a half out. Yep. Um, as, of set, or as of 8.45 p.m. Central time on Thursday night. So, and like I said, I didn't fully pick the Rays to beat the Yankees for the division. I just said that I thought they were the second best team in the AL. And um, it was a lot closer than some people might think. Um, so, I was right there. Um, several of us, I think me and you both, Blake, were right on the Phillies. Um, yep. Being uh, – having a bounce back year. Um, They've kind of slid here lately. 
Uh, they've had some injuries too with Hoskins going down. Uh, Bryce Harper has hit an probably a career worst slump here lately. He started. He was having a pretty solid and quiet good year, but I was reading uh, there was a Phillies beat reporter who put a tweet last night about Bryce Harper maybe on one of the worst skids of his career. Not at a good time either. The Phillies are really fighting to even hang on to a playoff spot right now. Yeah. So. So that one's still definitely up in the air, but I feel like going forward, if they can get some of their young pitchers, uh, their uh, Alex Alex Baum's played pretty well this year. Of course, as his Dude rookie can hit. year, yeah, he he hits the ball hard. Um, he needs to work on the defense. Uh, we witnessed that firsthand. I, I specifically remember one yeah. game; he had a couple errors. So. Um, he and Hoskins remind me a lot of each other. They both can just absolutely mash but can't field a baseball to save their life. They yeah. move Hoskins into from the outfield back to first base, and he still can't really field the ball at first base either. So Now, people people sleep on first baseman's uh, defensive skills. It's, right. a, it's a position that can make or break your infield. So, um, but uh, – but, yeah, and then I had the Padres. I was high on them. I had them making the last wild card spot, I believe. It was them or the Phillies before we figured out that there would be uh, added playoff teams. Um, so, Rays, Phillies, Padres, I was right on. Wrong on the Angels, who I had <laughs> I had being a wild card team. And then I think the extended uh, – Wild, after we picked the extended wild card teams and, and second place division uh, finishers, the Rangers, I missed. I missed on that. We yeah. all missed on the Rangers. It looks like so. Yeah, um, not a great season. Kyle Gibson pitched well for him, but you know, Joe Gallo having a bad year. That star hitter not having a great year is never going to bode well for a team like them. I think it was the Tatis curse, to be honest. I think it was the Tatis. That curse. is where really the the boat started to sink. I mean, they were it, in the hunt. They were above five hundred, I believe, until then. It I was believe just fell off the face of the earth. It was leaking at the time, but it, as, shortly after that, it was uh, going down like the Titanic. So, um, missed on the Rangers, and I did not include the Indians in my team to make it. I know they're hanging on to a uh, the last wild card spot. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I do think that they'll probably make it. Um, their pitchings carried them. Um, they I mean obviously the core four um, or the core five as I mentioned with Carlos Santana. But uh, yeah, their pitching's been really well, uh, really good this year. And I, I feel like their young guys have really stepped up, um, even in the the place of uh, Clevenger who got traded to the Padres. Right. So please, Zach, having a good year. Yeah. Um, and then as far as MVP picks or Cy Young picks that we missed on, so I had uh, my NL pick was Freddie Freeman. Right now he's first in average um, and RBIs I know of, and he's second on a lot of the uh, other main uh, categories in hitting. Um, obviously he also brings it defensively. And as I predicted, he has not gotten COVID because he already had it at yeah. the end of the year. So. I saw a tweet earlier uh, when I was in town. On FanDuel, Freddie Freeman is actually the favorite for the NL MVP at plus 100, Tatis at plus 200. So, I forget who the – forget the writer who had put out a piece 
it was Richard Justice for MLB.com that put out a piece yesterday saying that don't sleep on Freddie Freeman. The guy's having a career year after battling COVID to start off the year and really not having a training camp. I don't know if people remember or not, but Freddie Freeman basically had two games to get ready for the season. And he started off really slow. Looked like he really couldn't catch up to the fastball. But, man, he is absolute. And the, the offense – in general, but Freddie Freeman for sure has carried this team through the injuries from from Ozzy to Acuna missing some games, and then obviously to not even start talking about starting pitching. But if you're talking about most valuable to his team, you you can't go wrong with Freddie Freeman for sure. So yeah, yeah, and, and a guy who's honestly benefited from Freddie Freeman being so good is Marcelo Ozuna, who's sure. have looks like the Ozuna that played his last year in Miami. Um, obviously when he was with the cards. I honestly don't think he had much protection with the cards. He had Goldsmith hitting in front of him. Um, but other than Goldsmith, that lineup, uh, and I hate to talk about the cards in such a way when, when Ben's, yeah, when Ben's not here, not here to defend them. Such a, such a shame. Uh, Yadier Molina uh, caused, a, uh, caused the benches to clear the other day. I'm not going to say he caused it, but I'll say this. He's been in the middle of a few of them. So. Y- yeah, I mean, I'm not surprised he was right there in the middle of it. So. <clears throat> I, I think he'd be in a gang if he wasn't with the club. Oh, here we go, yeah. yeah but anyways, um, but yeah, I mean, Ozuna's benefited. Um, obviously, Atlanta's lineup's good throughout. So, yeah, people people slip on the fact that Freddie Freeman had zero protection three years ago when he had Adonis Garcia and Nick Marcakis hitting behind him. Oh, oh, get this. Mark Bowman keeps tweeting this out. The Braves, if they average – I think one or two home runs a game the rest of the year, if they hit like, I believe it's 15 more home runs, they will have hit more home runs this season than they hit in 2015, I believe it was, that year with Adonis at third. They did not hit – they hit 100 home runs in a 162-game season. Do you know how hard that is to do in today's game, to not hit – more than 100 home runs, and I believe they're at 80 right now. So I think it is averaging two home runs a game the rest of the way, which they've shown that Adam Duvall himself could average two home runs a game the rest of the way. So, yes, but yes, yeah. So, Freeman, my Freeman pick's looking great right now. Um, I think he does hold on and win it. Um, Tatis, a lot of people are going to vote for him because he's the young guy. Um, and I think Soto will obviously garner some picks, um, deservedly so. so. Yeah. Um, and my AL pick was Otani, mm. and mm. you know, mm. tell me about it. <laughs> I almost, I almost didn't put him up there because he got hurt in pitching. And that was my whole uh, pro- thinking process with him: is he's going to pitch and hit? Yeah, um, they shut him down. He had that bad outing. He had some forearm tightness or something, um, or some inflammation. So, I. I almost didn't put him, but I had to put him because he, he's not going to win the MVP, and it's not even close. Yeah, hitting 189 right now this season with five yes. homers. So. so, not not looking good for me. Um, and one other guy I was wrong about, I mentioned when we were talking about the White Sox that I didn't put him in our initial picks before the, the playoffs got extended as far as teams go. Um and that was mainly because I didn't know if they had enough pitching, partly and because of Dallas Keuchel, the new acquisition. I didn't know how he would pitch um, coming into the season at that small ballpark. But from all accounts, I feel like he's held his own. Um, Keuchel. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, 
I was wrong about him and I was wrong about Otani. So uh, we'll go through Ben's picks really quickly. Uh, the most egregious thing I think Ben said, uh, most of his picks were pretty solid. Um, the most egregious thing that Ben said is in a 60-game season, it's perfect for guys like Judge and Stanton to stay Ooh. healthy. Mm. And that has not been the case for the Yeah, that, I, I think they've been bitten worse by the injury bug this year because you look at that lineup, they were missing like seven starters from opening day where they had Glaber out, uh, you know, Stanton, Judge, um, Urshela. I mean, you're talking about – I believe Sanchez missed some time. Maybe maybe not. But, I mean, you're talking about at least five of your starting nine out for an extended period of time. I mean, that's that's tough to recover from. But here they are with ten games to go, three and a half out. So I don't even know if Sanchez – I don't even know if Sanchez got hurt. I know he got benched in favor of Kratz there for a little bit. Yeah. Um, so, the Sanchez not having a good season. Um but uh, as far as teams, uh, Ben was in on the White Sox um, and the Indians. Hit that and, one on the head for sure. And the athletics, he, he nailed the athletics on the head. I think the Astros are making a, a push currently for that playoff spot or for that uh, division. Uh, well, as far as the division goes, they're pretty much 538's got Oakland at like a 98% chance to win the division. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, so. And really on his picks that I have him missing, I know the Reds and the Cards are both in the hunt, um, so they're really not even bad picks. They're his worst, most egregious pick was the, the Angels. Um, yep. Everybody, look, look, people, we want Mike Trout to be in the playoffs. It's I think wishful thinking. That's what it was, wishful thinking. That's what I was going to say. We, it's not so much that we really thought they would be good, but you just kind of thought, okay, well, they went out and got Rendon, and he missed some time, and then – you got Mike Trout. You got Otani coming back. You had Madden managing the team. You felt like okay, with with seven, what is it? I believe it's eight teams. Yeah, eight teams getting in. Surely there can be one or eight, one of the eight teams to get in out of fourteen. Surely they won't be in the bottom six. But here we are. I picked the Angels as my second wild card team. So I did too. I did too. I had them in there as my second wild card team. And they've so. done horrible with Dylan Bundy having a career year. So, I mean. Yeah, they had they had Dylan Bundy, who was probably the, the guy out of everybody that you thought would struggle. Mm -hmm. um, I know they had – who was their uh, guy that pitched last year for them that was kind of their ace? I say an ace. He's probably like a number three or four at best on other teams. Pena? He's a left-handed guy. It doesn't Heaney. throw hard. Yeah. Um, Alex Heaney. You had him coming back. You had uh, Bundy. You had Tehran. I thought that they could figure out a way to be successful, especially with Joe Madden. It just hasn't worked. You thought they had whatever. enough offense to kind of carry them a little bit. I, almost like I looked at them, and I don't get me wrong, I don't think of their pitchers um, as nearly t as talented as the Chicago White Sox pitchers by any means. Mm -hmm. um, but I thought they were almost like a uh, – almost like the uh, bland version of the White Sox. Poor man's version. The poor man's version, the Kroger yeah. version, Kroger brand version. Kroger. Uh, Great but, value, good cho or best choice. Yeah, best choice. Just hasn't work, worked out that way, and it sucks. 
I think the Angels. I know you can't trade a guy like Mike Mike Trout as right. far as for marketing, but I think you have to trade a guy like Mike Trout in order to turn that franchise around. I don't if think you can you trade, get enough for him. I don't think there's enough out there to be traded for Mike Trout. I just don't. I think the value that he brings, not only on the field to that franchise, but he's the best player in baseball. Um, he may not be the most marketable player in baseball, but he's easily the best player in baseball. Uh, and I don't think it's particularly close. So it's just yeah. – it'd be hard to swallow as an Angels fan. You know, I don't know what their numbers look like as far as attendance last year. I can't imagine that they're very high because you think about that town they're in with L.A. Dodgers are the kings of that town for baseball. You got yeah. the Lakers, the Clippers who are really good. You know, they're probably the fourth. You start talking about UCLA, you know. Where, where are they coming in as far as uh, fans go? And then to trade away your best player, the best player in baseball, I think that should only do more damage as far as their numbers go. Yeah, you're probably right. But, uh, you know, I'll, I'll say this. The Braves went through their rebuild, and obviously they didn't have a player at the caliber of, of Mike Trout. But they had Justin Upton when he was in his prime. They had – Kimbrel when he was in his prime. I was going to say, Kimbrel, I'm not saying – they're apples Kimbrel, and oranges. That's Kimbrel's, probably as close as you're going to get. Yeah. Kimbrel was the trade that really broke Braves fans because that was the guy, like, this guy's coming into the ninth, he's shutting it down. Like two, game, two days before the season started, too. Yeah. And uh, I'm not going to say it's comparable to trading Trout, but I'm saying trading all those players – Winning puts people in the seats. I think anybody wants to root for a winner, obviously. And right now, I don't, I don't see how they get better. I don't see who they can sign. They've got mm-hmm. two big contracts in Rendon and Trout. Who do you and sign? And Pujols. Albert Pujols. Yeah. And maybe he gets off the books um, and, and lets them go out and get a, a, a Trevor Bauer. That would be interesting. I, could, I don't know if they got enough cap space to do that, but – one-year deal, though, I mean, no but no one-year deal is a bad deal. I mean, Anthopolis has said that. So oh, that's, yeah, yeah. That's that, well, I say that because that's that's kind of what Bauer has said. I watch a lot of his YouTube videos. He hasn't said it recently, but he, is, he has said within the last year that to maximize his value, he really is intrigued by one-year deals only going forward. So Yeah, but he's also a guy I don't think has ever really been hurt with, like, Tommy John because it's so right. you really bite yourself on the butt. I mean, you bet on yourself and all his training. And as we said about Bauer before, he's one of the more analytical-driven and – Oh, and, for sure. And, uh, pitchers in the game. So, maybe he – and, you know, he has a routine, uh, crazy routine, warm-ups and off days. Um, it's mm-hmm. neat to see. Y'all should, y'all should check out his YouTube. Uh, page with momentum um really cool to see but uh yeah so ben was out on the angels or wrong on the angels so so was i um now we get to blake's uh where he was wrong blake's most egregious thing um blake had some some highs and lows he he was kind of me and ben were kind of floating around in the middle blake was here or you know way high yeah that's I'm polarizing though. That's my personality anyway. Oh, so I figured true. I'd make I'd make my picks that way. His uh the one that stuck with me is the Orioles. He set the over and under 
or maybe this was the the official over and under at 18 games. Me and Ben both took the over immediately. I said, hammer the over. Blake said, I don't even think they're going to win 14 games or 15 yeah. games. I think the number is 14. Halfway through the year. <laughs> they, are they have currently won 22 games. Yeah, I'll eat the Braves in a series. So, yeah. um, look, you get young guys in a season like this, what do you have to lose? You're just out there playing in a, in a shortened season. Mount Castle has had a heck of a year since they Mount called Castle. him up. Yeah, and they've had some some pitchers. Austin Hayes. They've had some pitchers pitch pretty well too. Um, so yeah, that was that was Blake's worst take, but it's okay. I'm I surprised you said that was my worst take. I mean, I did pick Yelich to win the MVP, and I believe he's batting a sub 220 right now. He's batting 208 with 10 homers this year. So that one hurts, and he hasn't even been hurt. That's the thing; he just hasn't been able to hit. Yeah, I don't really – I don't watch enough of the Brewers to know why, but that's the one out of all of my predictions, other than Mike Soroka obviously going down, the Yelich thing has really been what's made me the most upset. Just You can't count Mount Mike Soroka. He got hurt. I know. But, I hey, I, I did pick the right team. Max Fareed probably won't win the Cy Young, but I think he's going to be top three. I think he'll be third. I think – I think uh, Fareed should garner more MVP votes than he should – Cy Young votes, in my opinion. You look at most valuable, mm-hmm. like the true meaning of most valuable. Everybody has that argument all the time in like the NV, in, in the NBA and the NFL. I think Max Fried has been more valuable than Freddie Freeman has to the Braves this year. And I say that because he is the only starter that could go six innings there for a while. So, yep. that, that I don't think he wins either, obviously. Um, he's kind of – he kind of struggled in his last start and he was he's been out. Um, the last week or so, um, but uh, but let's see where you were right. Um, you're also wrong on the Angels too. So and Diamondbacks and Diamondbacks. <laughs> I picked to- I Tori Lavello to win National League Manager of the Year. I just, I just I mean, they haven't played well. I mean, what I did you think? I didn't love their pitching, and I really didn't love their lineup last year. I thought they had a couple guys that overachieved and kind of were That's that fair. team. Um, I will say this real quick, too. All of our NL Rookie of the Year picks, just throw them in the garbage. Like, no one saw Cronensworth having the season that he's having. None of the guys that we picked – I mean, Lux has had some more playing time lately. Key Boom has kind of been in and out of the lineup. He's played a little bit more here the last couple of weeks. Pache has been abused. I mean, they continue to put Ender on the roster and keep him down at the alternate site. I, I'm, okay. I'm okay with Ender being on the roster at this point, just as a defensive replacement. But he should not get at bats. I, I think Pache is a better defender than Ender at this point in his career. I think Ender's lost a step. I do. I mean, I've seen him play some balls in the outfield off the wall or uh, not catch a ball in the air that normally he would. So, but that's neither here nor there. That's Braves talk. We'll save that for another day. Um, go ahead. What were you talking about? Tell me. Tell me the things I hit. I need to hear good vibes coming <laughs> in my ears right now. You. You are in negative. A- you were in on the Indians and the Rays. Um, I'll give you that. And I think your best pick, the Marlins, you, you said that they could – I did say their offense would be improved. Yes. And you're also in on the Phillies. So, And on Mike Trout. So, good job. Those are all – Well, Mike good. Trout, I mean, that's – That's kind I of mean, a given. That's, but, that's a gimme. But, you know, Mike Trout has – it's almost like LeBron with him where you, you expect him to be there. And when he has a – expected season which is like 300 with 40 homers and 
you know, 100, 100 plus RBIs, and you're like, eh, is it really that special? Right. Yes, it is. Yeah. But somebody else has a good season. You're like, well, let's give it to them, and we'll, you know, Mike Trout will be there next year. It, he kind of gets the recency bias kind of thing against him sometimes. But, uh, and then you're, I think, you know, you, you mentioned, you touched on your, your NL MVP pick. Yelich hasn't had a great mm-hmm. year. I think the Brewers in general, um, are not set up for, long-term success um no. they need to trade they should have traded josh Hader. they need to trade Hader, and honestly i mean i don't know if his value is diminished at all because of this year but i would trade yelich this offseason I, I i with the way the market's going to be with free agency and you know with the loss of revenue from this year i don't know how that's going to affect free agency i think it will bring those numbers down a little bit. Maybe guys – or maybe teams aren't really prepared to pay guys bigger deals. I mean, we've seen that in the last couple of years. Teams are already kind of backing out of big deals and not wanting to give out mega millions. I think, uh, you know, there's some fairly decent – out. George Springer is going to be on the market. Marcelo Zuna. When you can go and get Yelich, who's locked up, who – if you throw this year out, perennial MVP candidate, I think that would be somebody that could be talked about. Um, being moved and like you said I mean they're only it looks like they're only a game and a half out of the eighth seed in the wild card somehow because they don't have any pitching I mean they have Brandon Woodruff and that's it they literally have no starters behind him nothing and the trade where they traded Grissom away for Urias and Eric Lauer I, I know you know Grissom had the misplay in the wild card maybe that's hard to swallow but He's raked for San Diego. He's hitting bombs, too. But anyway, with that being said, uh, with a, like I said, the Brewers being right there at the eighth seed, let's kind of take a look at where the standings are right now and what do we think going forward we're going to look like. Obviously, we said this off the pod a few minutes ago, White Sox and Dodgers are the only two teams to clinch so far, clinch playoff spots, that is. Um, it looks like the Dodgers are going to stay in the one seed. They've got a three-and-a-half game lead, I believe that is. I'm trying to do this math in my head right now. Yeah, three-and-a-half game lead over the Padres for the division. They're done playing them for the rest of the year. I would imagine the Dodgers will lock that up. Braves and Cubs teetering right there at two and three. Uh, and then you've got in order Padres, Marlins, Reds, Giants, Phillies. The biggest thing that stands out to me right here are the Marlins. Okay, and I want, I want to paint this picture for you because I said in the predictions and we talked about it just a few minutes ago, the Marlins offense will be greatly improved, and it has been. And they went out. Who in the world would have thought the Marlins would go out and acquire a bat at the deadline and Starlin Marte? That, I mean, you talk about a team, I won't say they're all in, but a team that knows, like, this might be a small window for us to jump in and kind of, make postseason, maybe win the first round. Um, but anyway. Lightning, lightning in a bottle. And they're taking advantage of it. Um, I think another team that tried to do that, but maybe not as successfully, is the Blue Jays. Um, and we'll talk about them in the AL here in a second. But you, right now the Marlins will be going to San Diego to face the Padres in the first round. Have you seen Sixto Sanchez pitch this year? I mean, I know you've seen I, him pitch against the Braves, I would imagine. I did not actually get to – that was one of the games I did not get to watch, but I saw that the Braves got shut out, I believe. 
Yeah, he game went, or maybe gave up one. Maybe I think he gave one up run. one run in seven innings of work. Uh, I'm pulling up his official stats right now, but we talked about this off the mic uh, earlier too. I think Sixto, if he would have got a couple more starts, I think he may have ran away with the rookie of the year. Um, we talk about Cronensworth and how he's raked for the Padres, but right now Sixto in five starts. Five starts has a 1.8 WAR, three and one, a 1.69 ERA, and a .9 WHIP, with 29 strikeouts and 32 innings. Just the guy is filthy. Throws absolute gas. I think his average fastball against the Braves when he started against the Braves was like 99.7 miles per hour. Throws absolute gas. So, and we talk about a three-game series. Sixto rolls out for game one and shuts them down. Padres come back the next day. They're one loss away from their season being over. Um, so that's something to really think about. Whenever you're looking at these standings, pitching is going to be king, I think, in that first round. And that does not bode well for Atlanta right now. Um, you and I both know that. Um, but the NL, towards the bottom, there's a little more wiggle room. you got the Cardinals who were fighting for that second spot in their own division, which would bump them up to sixth place. But they're also fighting with the Phillies. They're in the eighth spot as the Phillies have kind of slid. Um, but kind of looking at the NL, J.D., is there anything that really sticks out? I mean, I guess the Giants are another team that no one thought would be there. Yeah, the, the Giants are a team that none of us really expected. Um, a pretty good year out of uh, Mike Ustremski. Um He's kind of the noteworthy name there. Um, uh, you know, the the rest of the season doesn't necessarily intrigue me. Obviously, what the final standings look like um, will be interesting. I, mm-hmm. I think the Braves – I think you can lock the Braves in, in, in first for the NL East. The uh, – obviously, the Dodgers, I think you can lock them in, um, being the top seed. And I know that the Padres are probably going to be the top wild card. Um, yep. Cubs that's, locked that's, in at the central too. Yeah, those are really the knowns. The the other teams, there's a lot. I guess that's the most compelling thing in the NL is who are going to be those the the back half of the teams. Back four. <clears throat> yeah, and um, th- that's what I'm intrigued. I, I'm hoping the Reds get in. I think they can be a team if they get in that really. Uh, stymie some teams, um, in my opinion. Um, you think about top three starters. They might have the best top three in the entire National League. Yeah. When you go Bauer, Castilla, Gray. When yeah. those three guys are on, that's easy. For me, that's my top three. If I had to rank starting pitchings, I'm probably going with the Reds. That's that's my thing, and especially – and look, we can get into this too, you know, apparently it's been leaked that the playoffs, uh, especially uh, every playoff series except for the World Series, will be played on back-to-back nights. Um, I think that's the bigger news here lately going into the, the last little stretch mm-hmm. and the playoffs is who does that benefit? And to me – I think there's four, maybe possibly six teams, but I'm going to say for for sure four teams that benefits. Um, to me, you got the Dodgers, the Yankees, 
the Rays, and the Indians. And the reason I say that is because they have deep pitching staffs, bullpen combined with starters. Um, you know, had the Braves still had Mike Soroka, I would have gone with the Braves. You know, they would have had three solid starters and a great mm-hmm. bullpen. Um, but you could almost – you might could say Minnesota, but I'm not comfortable putting them up there. And I'm, I've, I was tempted to say Miami because their pitching staff has been pretty good this year. I'd question Miami's bullpen. That's probably where I'm yeah. out on them. But as far as starters, um, obviously you throw the Reds in there if they make it. Um, but uh, and you, yeah, maybe Oakland's in there too for overall pitching staff. I, really, those four teams at the top are the ones that I know are gonna are gonna benefit from being able to play back to back days. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, what are your thoughts on that? And, and do you have any other teams that you think could could benefit from from that? I mean, I get why they're doing it. I don't like necessarily like it. I understand I they want to. They want to. I think it's not about the ability to do it because there's no travel. I think really what they're worried about is a if a player tests positive for COVID, they want to build in back end days where they could suspend a playoff series for two or three days to confirm, you know, that player A does or doesn't have it. This has not or has spread. I think that's really in their back back of their mind what they're really trying to do with the no off days. Um, but the reason there are no off days, and we haven't said this yet, is because the playoff is going to be in a bubble. Uh, so starting uh, teams have to submit their playoff roster with it's their twenty six. Tw- is it twenty six for the playoffs? I think so. I think it's twenty eight because I'm. It's either oh, it might be it might be twenty eight this it's year. Twenty eight and twelve. So there's a twelve man taxi crew, which will be players that are called into action if a player tests positive or whatever for whatever reason. Um, but the reason that uh, there's no off days is because there's a bubble. So starting, I believe it is next Monday. It's a week from the first wild card series. Teams will only be allowed to leave their hotel or their house to go to the field, and that is it. Um, I know if you've watched Trevor Bauer's vlogs here lately, he was in, um, I believe it was Pittsburgh and walking downtown to try to find somewhere to get a haircut. That ain't going to happen. Um, so they're going to be in a bubble. Uh, they're going to allow families to be in the bubble with them. Um, when the playoffs do start, teams will be, uh, the MLB is going to buy out hotels essentially in Los Angeles, San Diego, Houston, and Texas, starting in the divisional series. And it's going to be kind of like the NBA. There will be some travel, obviously, going from Houston to Arlington, um, from the NLDS to the NLCS. Uh, But that's why there are no off days, um, because there's not going to be any travel required inside of a a single playoff series. Um, But to get back to the point where you're talking about the pitching being king as far as dominating this because of uh, guys you're going to have to go four or five starters deep and definitely a seven game series um, possibly even in a five game series when you're playing five straight days I saw a stat where I believe it was last year um, relievers had thrown it was at 50 or right above 50% of the playoff innings last year. Obviously, we know what the Nationals did. 
that that absolutely could not happen this year where they were pitching five guys in every game that they were ahead. It was their starter, whether that was Scherzer, Strauss, or um, Corbin. Well, whatever guy had pitched the furthest or the longest time ago, he was the long guy, the bullpen, or he was the two-inning eater. And then they had Doolittle and Hudson at the end. And that's all they threw. They would throw Rodney in and some mop and like some semi-close oh, games. But that's it. That's the only guys they let pitch. That's not going to be able to happen this year. So you're going to have to rely on starters and starters to, I think, get deep into games. So you pretty much hit all the teams I think are going to benefit from it. The teams I think that are going to suffer 100% this of course, happens the year that the Braves' offense is just electric. The Braves probably are the worst team that I'm, I'm looking at the standings. If I had to pick one team that this hurts the most, it is the Braves. I know Hamels pitched last night, but the dude's thrown one game this season. He He's thrown four games. innings, not even. Yeah. So, I mean, and you're, you know, you're talking about your ace who's coming off of back spasms. So, you've got to have starters go deep into games. The Dodgers – Obviously, with we know Kershaw's postseason record and his postseason history, but if you give me Kershaw, I'll take him. Bueller's not had a great year, um, but we know the stuff he's got. But as far as the teams that are, it's going to help, like I said, you hit them all. Uh, Cleveland, I think, is probably the one that benefits the most just because they have I – mean, you're talking about Cy Young winner in the American League, Shane Bieber being your ace. You've got Plesak. Um, you've got Savali. McKenzie. McKenzie, yeah. You've got Savali, who no one's talking about, but has thrown great this year. Um, Carrasco. Carrasco. Yeah, I mean. And they have five guys. They have five bona fide good to great pitchers on that staff. And I, I think it's safe to say they're probably the only team that have five bona fide starters. So, even if they're at the eight seed – Right now, which they are, they're a half a game behind Toronto in the eighth seed. I I wouldn't be surprised if they pulled off an upset in the first round just because they shut down the White Sox lineup. So, I mean, it's, it's going to be fun to watch. I mean, because I, I love offense. I do. But it, there's something very satisfying about just a starting pitcher going out and just shutting a team. A powerful offense like the White Sox, just shutting them down for eight innings. So Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you look at the Indians, and I think they have the perfect team to upset a White Sox team or 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 who whoever's um, the Yankees. I mean, or whoever wins that division if they end mm -hmm. up playing them. You think about it, they their ace lines up against Shane Bieber. Shane Bieber's been the best pitcher in baseball this year, wow. hands down. Um, so you think if you're the Indians, if you can get three or four runs, you feel great about your position in that game. You win the first game, and then I feel like their pitching is better the rest of the rest of the way. All they got to do is be able to manufacture a couple runs. They Their starters will pitch five or six innings, um, whereas other teams will probably let their starters go three or four. Um, like the Braves, I know they'll pull the trigger quick, which they mm -hmm. need to. I agree with doing that in the playoffs. Um, but the Indians are in a great position, I think, and teams like the Rays, who also have some good starters, I think are also in a good position. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how that shakes out. Um, and, and I'm excited to see on 
the Indian success. Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, that's, like I said, Indians are, I think going to benefit the most um, going back to the bubble a little bit. Something I talked to Ben about a few nights ago. Now this is completely off the, or not off the record, but I did not prepare you for this question. So if you don't feel prepared to answer, that's totally fine. But looking I'll, at the I'll bubble, with the bubble locations, you know, the national league is going to be in Houston and Texas. We don't really know what Texas ballpark is like. We don't know if it's a hitter or pitcher park yet. Houston, I think, I would slightly give it an edge to the hitters, I think, especially for right-handed hitters with that, that big wall out in left field. Um, but looking at the American League, you're looking at Los Angeles, the Dodgers Stadium, and San Diego, two parks where I think benefit pitchers the most. And then you start talking about if the Indians do pull off that upset in the first round and make it to the next round, uh, they'll play – I think they will play at Los Angeles because they'll be playing the highest possible seed – I believe that's how that well, – anyway, I think they would be playing in Los Angeles. Then you start talking about where the locations are for the American League. Pitching is going to absolutely dominate the American League, I think. Um, you're talking about bigger ballparks, pitcher-friendly ballparks, especially Petco. Um, it's notorious for being I – know, I know the Padres have hit a lot of home runs this year. Slam Diego, I get it. But that's a special team. Not a lot of teams have that much power when it comes to hitting the ball out of the ballpark. So what are you thinking there as far as the location choices? Um, I don't love that the American League is completely on the West Coast either. I don't know how that's going to affect game times or if it will. I thought maybe there was a scenario where they could come a little bit closer to maybe even the East Coast. But I did like how they put National League teams in American League ballparks, American League teams in National League ballparks. I thought that was fair. I didn't want a team getting in and potentially playing at their own ballpark in a division series. I know there's no fans, but still the, the familiarity of that, uh, I think would benefit a team somewhat. I, I, that's what I was going to say is as long as, as long as somebody's not playing in their home ball, home ballpark, I'm okay with that. Um, I, I mean, I think that, Look, if if the Braves get to play in a hitter's park, that's huge for them. That's what Absolutely. they're going to be. That's what they're going to be. And you know, who's this? Who's to? I mean, really, the Braves starters struggle with walking people, which is why they the at least the back end of the rotation. That's where mm -hmm. they struggle. But you know, who's to care if you give up a three hundred sixty foot homer versus a four hundred foot homer? They're still the same thing in the playoffs. Um, it's really just aesthetics. After that. So, you know, if you can get somebody's ace, you know, in Houston and maybe you get a couple balls in the air and they fly out and you knock them out of the game, that's going to be huge for teams like the Braves. Mm -hmm. So I do think that plays into it. Um, and, and I'll be interested. That's another interesting uh, tweak to these playoffs as well is, is how does the environment uh, benefit each, each individual team? Yeah, think about the Yankees, too. Another offensive, I think, so far, especially the last few nights, offensively carried teams um, playing in pitcher-friendly parks. That could be a disservice to the Yankees going forward, too. So, Yeah. Uh, but I will – a little caveat here. Jeff Passan tweeted last night that there is a potential for the American League bubble to be moved to the East Coast because of the wildfires and the air quality 
in uh, in that area. So I don't know how close it is to San Diego and Los Angeles. I don't, I haven't paid enough attention. But the fact that he tweeted that out made me think that there is some discussion. And I said move it to Atlanta. Atlanta is the newest, second newest ballpark in the MLB. It's beautiful. They've got the Omni Hotel that is yep. literally right next to the ballpark. Players have, can walk to the field. Yeah, um, It'd be a, a perfect setup. Players could watch the other games from their Fair. rooms. Yep. It's very true. Uh, it's, you know, and I don't know what you would do as far as second stadium there. I mean, surely you could go like Cincinnati or something. I don't know, but just a little, little nugget there to throw out for you. So um, that's enough of, of baseball. I think uh, we're going to throw the today in baseball history. And when Ben comes back next time, I didn't get a whole lot for today. So we're going to wait till Ben comes back. Hopefully next week we'll drop another one. Um, but anything else you got on the MLB as far as going forward, Braves talk, anything you want to throw out there for the Braves? Or Ben's not no. here, so we can talk all the all about the Braves if we want. So No, the only notes I wrote about the Braves is obviously we need to, to get Acuna going. I think they're going in with a rotation of Freed, Anderson, Hamels, Wright, and an opener at this point. Um, mm-hmm. Or maybe just pitch Freed and Anderson on four days rest. I don't know how that will go. but I, uh, I would be surprised if they did that to Anderson. I would, being a rookie. I, I, w- I would too, um, honestly, but you know, you got to do what you got. I don't, obviously, I don't think they'll have to worry about that. Uh, most of the series are five game series starting out. Well, it's right? three, five, and then seven. So they right. wouldn't have to worry about that until if they made it to the league championship, most likely. Sure. So. Um, and, and I, th- and I feel like the, the last thing I'm <clears throat> worried about is I, I, we need to get Will Smith to figure it out, is what I wrote down. He's, he's got to figure out, um, that's that steady combination of his fastball slider combination. He's been throwing too many sliders early in the season. Concrete he, mixing sliders too. They're yeah, not been yeah. breaking to what he's he normal to. Needs some of that uh, tacky substance that he had mm-hmm. on his arm a couple of years ago, and that's what he needs. But uh, that's all I've got on baseball. All right, man. Well, well, I mean, to kind of lead us in the next section, we're going to hit a break real quick, but to hopefully bring you guys back. Big Ten announced football's coming back. Pac-12 expected to announce shortly that football's back. We don't care about those guys. And the MAC. And the MAC. Right, have they announced that, that they're coming back? They haven't announced they're coming back, but they're expected to. Okay. I knew the Mountain West also had announced that they're going to be, be returning as well. But we don't really care about those conferences. We're all three Vols fans here. When we come back, we're going to talk about football, not just college. We're going to talk about the NFL. Titans opened up the season with a win in Denver. Ugly, ugly win. Uh, kicking is going to be a problem, it seems, this year, too. But big Derrick Henry, man's a beast. But to hear that, you'll have to catch us on the flip side of the break. We'll be back right after this. Welcome back into Enfield Fly. No, you are not listening to Ben Harvey right now. Sweet Ben and his beautiful voice are somewhere else right now. 
probably downstairs talking to his neighbor because he's been too loud at night. Um, you just got me and Blake today. And right now we're about to get into some NFL football talk, everybody's favorite subject of this time of year. Um, we had week one this past week. Um, it was so refreshing. I don't know about you, Blake, but I literally got home, laid on the couch in my spot, and <laughs> turned on football and just just sat there the whole time, the whole well, day. Thursday night when you hear that, oh, man, it just – that's – you're like, hey. Let's go. It's it's football. I, I know there's a TikTok challenge out right now where girls are going around and playing that when they're guys like asleep <laughs> or whatever, and they're like, wake up. Like looking around, I don't necessarily believe that because, A, that's not going to wake me up if I'm asleep. Two, it's 1 o'clock on a Monday afternoon. No guy in their right mind is going to know. But anyway, just that the NBC broadcast, uh, probably the most recognizable NFL broadcast uh, intro, I guess. But football's back, man. Titans, gosh. I, why did the Titans get scheduled at 9.30 on a Monday night for week one? Because they were playing Denver. I know, but still, could you not have found another West Coast team in Denver schedule to put out there instead of the yeah. Titans who were in the central time zone where the game didn't end until was past midnight? Yeah. I don't know. I, mean, of, was, I went to sleep, I think, and it was 1 o'clock. Ugh. Boy, it was tough, but it would have only it it wasn't as bad as it as bad as it could have been because it could have been disastrous. The Titans, a here's what here's my thoughts on that game. My blood pressure. I had a headache like a like in the back of my head, like one of those kind of just slight headaches. And Mm -hmm. it was I could tell because my face was red. And I could feel all the blood in my face, and I know my blood pressure was high. And it was because Gostowski was about to kick for the game, and it was a 25-yard kick. I should not feel that way about a 25-yard kick, but he missed three field goals. He was one of four, and the only one he hit was the very one on the end, and I think he hit an extra point. He left ten points on the board, missed an extra point, and three field goals. And I'm not going to say he totally redeemed himself. He's got to come out next week, week two, and prove that he's not a head case. He cannot, reason- miss an, he cannot miss another kick inside of 40 yards. If he does, he has to get cut. I, I don't care if you think he's the best out there. Kickers are head cases. You, you can't have him on, on the roster at this point if he misses. He's, he's got to be near perfect in the next couple of weeks. I won't say if he misses another one inside 40, but I will say that he's got to be – a contributor to this team going forward. Um, but, yeah, I mean, what what were your thoughts on the game overall for the Titans and Broncos? Uh, initial thoughts, Derrick Henry over 100 yards. Titans are undefeated when he gets over 100 yards. It took 31 carries, but that's kind of the back that he is. The, the, the longer into games, the more carries that you give to him. It sounds so cliché. But you could see it even in this game. You saw it in the postseason last year. Third, end of the third quarter, beginning of the fourth, end of the fourth, when he's at 25, 30 carries, the defense does not want to tackle this man. You're looking at 6'2", 250 coming straight at you. I mean, the guy is a wrecking ball. 
so Derrick Henry, he only had 116, no tutties, but I think he's part of the reason that this team won. So I think he's picking up right where he left off. And he's got his, he's playing against his favorite team next week. The Jaguars are coming to Nashville with no fans, of course. Well, correction, two fans. Uh, <laughs> if any of you guys missed that, there is, there's a sweepstakes going on right now. The Titans, for the Titans to sign up. If you win, you and one other person get the entire stadium to yourself to watch the Titans play. When do they announce that? Because I, I need to check my wife's email. Uh, what's today? I think that it is tomorrow. I think it's tomorrow. I think it's the 18th. I signed up for it, but I signed up on even my primary email account. I haven't got anything yet. So not, not a good look uh, for me. But uh, that was one of the main things. The second thing was the pass defense. Uh, we knew Logan Ryan not being there was going to be a big loss. And then, of course, Adoree Jackson going on the, I, the IR for the first three weeks of the season was going to be a big thing. But Cortland Sutton, I, I don't think he played, did he? I, this is no. great no, content he, he right here. Play. I know. I can't remember if he played or not. But He did not play. He was out. Uh, they gave up only 216 yards through the air. Uh, but Jonathan Joseph, another guy, you know, he's like 50 years old, not really, but he's out there starting at corner. He gets hurt in the first quarter. And so now you're leaning on two rookie cornerbacks with Malcolm Butler, who is out of practice today, by the way. Uh, that's a huge question mark going forward. It was a question mark last year for this team, I think, you know. And to couple that with the lack of pressure that they got, um, no sacks. They were one of, I believe, we talked about this earlier, I think it was four teams that did not record a sack in week one, and those teams went one and three. The Titans obviously getting the so single win there bad secondary play coupled with lack of pressure in this NFL that we play in that is not a good recipe not a good I don't care if you hold the ball for 13 minutes in the third quarter that that is not going to win many games um what are your thoughts there as far as uh, as far as the defense went I think everybody thought Jadavion Clowney was going to come in and be this great pass rusher, but that's just not who he is. He's he's more of a run stopper. Um, I think he had a career high in sacks when he was with Frable and Houston at like eight. So, I mean, it's not like exceptional numbers there even for him, but that's not the kind of player he is. So, Yeah, um, obviously it wasn't the prettiest of games. Um, really, that's, one of, that's a Titans game you would expect them to – roll out there against like a Ravens or a, or a Chiefs where they just try to try to make it as nasty and, and ball control and, and run the ball time of possession type of game as possible. Um, my Here's what I'll say about the Broncos. They are a young, talented team, and they've got a good defense. Obviously, they didn't have Von Miller. Mm -hmm. They are a young, talented defense. Um, more, they're they're a little bit more veteran oriented on the defense, but they're they're still young on that side of the ball, and they are a very young offense and an offense whose offensive line has gotten better over the past couple of years. Um, obviously, we had Odori Jackson out, um, which I don't think helped things. Mm -hmm. I think once he comes back, he's one of the better cover corners. Uh, in the in the game, definitely in the slot too against Judy, that would have been big. 
Yeah. Um, honestly, I thought I thought defense looked pretty good. That I mean, that team is a hard matchup. They didn't have Sutton, but I mean, they still have no offense. They still run the ball. And Jerry Judy, I feel like, is going to be a good player in this league. He had a couple big drops, which helped us out, obviously. But I'm not too worried. I felt like Clowney did his job and Jeffrey Simmons did his job. Um, you know, those two, the reason they moved on from Jarrell Casey is because of Jeffrey Simmons. Mm-hmm. And they realized they could go out and get a, a valuable edge rusher um, to pair with Harold Landry. And I thought Landry looked good, and I thought Clowney looked good. He disrupted some plays. Um, and he's only been on the team for a week. So, I mean, yeah. let's not act like he was just going to – I know he was with Vrabel in Houston, but it's it's a different system than what it was in Houston. I mean, we got it's going to take a couple of weeks, I think, for him to really get comfortable in this defense. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, honestly, honestly, you know, people, people think of Jadavion Clowney and they think, oh, he's going to – come sack the quarterback and he will he'll get his fair share of sacks he is mainly a disruptor he he's had he has so many tackles for loss in the run game as well and i don't yep. think people realize that they think he's a premium pass rusher mm-hmm. he's a premium defensive lineman who disrupts the offensive line disrupts the flow of the run game um and makes the quarterback move around the and we'll get into this later because i have a couple comments about some other teams you know um that the Titans played last year in the playoffs and in the division. But the Titans um, could stop the run easily last year. They were one of the better run defensive teams. Um, They are setting up or they are trying to establish uh, a pass rush to beat one team, and that is the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, You've got to be able to rush Patrick Mahomes with four guys and – uh, or even five guys um, with those playmakers. And that's what the Titans, I feel like, were trying to do in the offseason. And we'll talk about what the other teams tried to do as well. You, you get to Patrick Mahomes and you run the ball, that's how you beat the Chiefs. And uh, that's I think that was what the uh, Titans centered their moves around this year. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought it was an okay game by the defense. You know, it's in mile high. You haven't had any games. You're winded. They've got a good. They've got a good offense. No, no. I mean, no offense. Going to be a great tight end. Jerry Judy, good player. Um, I think. I. You know. We'll see. I, I think he can be a, a top ten wide receiver. Um, he especially with his fitness. He looked very fast. It. Watching him cut on a dime. Yep. It. It makes my ACL tear every time I see it. <laughs> I can I I would it takes me four or five steps to oh, yeah. turn as quickly as he does. So um I, I I was happy with the win, especially with leaving ten points on the board. I think uh obviously, you know, they're gonna say they left some points on the board, but that's the Titans MO. I mean, we we allow several yards, you know, we're kind of the bend don't break guys, and when we get to the goal line, we're really hard to score on. Um I, I feel like. I know in the broadcast last night they said that uh, we were one of the worst in the red zone. Um, I don't remember that. I, I don't no, remember Titans that being the case very, last they year. Were, I believe they were first in red zone efficiency last year at like 70% clip. 
Now I know that I know offensively we were one of the better red zone teams, but as far as oh, oh yeah yeah that's what I okay yeah yeah offensively yeah. we were I believe number one in red zone. Yeah. You're talking about defensively. We're I'm talking about defense, and I the way I remember, I mean maybe it's just the Chargers game that sticks in my head, but you know that goal line stand, the goal line stand they had Monday. That's mm-hmm. the kind of defense you got. They're going to be hard to run on. You have to throw it on them. Um, and Mike Vrabel knows how to game plan for for. For good players, that's that's what they did to the Ravens yep. last year. So, um, so I guess moving transitioning uh, from the Titans Broncos game, we're going to look at the league as a whole here. Um, we we put our picks on our Twitter account. Um, Blake, what's our Twitter handle? Everybody that's can go follow. I F. It's it's now that you're saying it, I have to look it up. It's it's at I F Fly underscore. Right? Yeah. Yeah. At, yep. At if so it looks like at if fly if fly underscore is what yep. it is. We posted uh, Blake's, myself, and Ben's picks for the AFC and NFC, including the wild card teams, and we're going to do our Sunday pick 'em Sunday night pick 'em. Um, post that every Sunday morning, um, and we'll get we'll get into that. I think we all. Did we all pick the Cowboys? No, I actually picked the Rams to cover. I, I mean, I, I had to. It kind of yeah. leading into our picks. Just a little bit of a foreshadow here. I actually picked the Rams to get the number one seed in the NFC. So, they can't lose this game, you know. Um, sure. It's Cowboys. So, Cowboys, when, Sunday morning when I sent it to you guys, it was – they were at two and a half points. And Rams won outright. So, they covered that. Um, what were the – what – what are you doing? And with nine minutes to go in the fourth quarter, you're down three and you don't kick a field goal. Um, I, don't I, I don't know. Understand. It seems like, like the Cowboys just year in and year out and every coach, they never move forward or backwards. They continually move sideways <laughs> every year. They don't like – Eight and eight, eight like and eight, the, nine and they're seven. They're almost like the, the Jeff Fisher Titans, eight and eight. They're the same every year. Or maybe the Mike Vrabel or just the Tennessee Titans of nowadays where they just go nine and seven every year no matter what. So, um, I, I don't know what you're thinking there. I, I remember thinking in that game, it's a fourth and six, I think it was, yep. and you're going for it. And you have Greg Zerlin against his former team. Um, the guy that they coined the phrase Legatron I know Justin Tucker's Legatron as well, yeah. but Greg Zerlin was Legatron before Justin Tucker. So let's have some put some respect on his name. I don't know what Mike McCarthy's thinking. It's kind of inexcusable, especially for a guy who's been a head coach before. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I mean, he's not a rookie coach that's making a mistake or trying to prove himself. This guy, I mean, he's won a Super Bowl. Like, he, he's been here for a while, and that's just – complete I, I I don't know what other to say than maybe it's it can't even be a brain lapse I just I just genuinely cannot understand with nine minutes to go um you know your defense has just lost you know they didn't have Sean Lee in this game and then Vander Esch goes down I guess maybe if there is an explanation you're thinking if we tie it then they're just going to score anyway but what kind of defeatist attitude is that you know yeah I don't know. I know that the Cowboys are way too talented oh, to be absolutely. losing games. And 
you can put that on the coach. Don't get me wrong. Put that on the coach. But they're going to have to do something offensively because their formula, they score 20 points every week or 20, 21 points every week, 24 points. But they are way too talented on the defensive side of the ball. And they are way too talented on the offensive side of the ball with a good offensive line. It's not elite like it was. It's still good. And Ezekiel Elliott, a top five Ooh, running back in the Man, league. he looked good. He did. He looked great. That cutback um, for this first touchdown on that uh, receipt or a reception when he cut back and made four defenders miss, I mean, that's like video game stuff right there. He looked elite yeah. uh, Sunday night. Yeah, Zeke, Zeke looked good. His new tattoo, not so much. Feed <laughs> um, me. Yeah, not a not a great aesthetic right there, Zeke. Um, I question. Uh, well, I, actually, it kind of lines up with some of the decisions he's made in life. So, <laughs> yeah, I thought um, CD Lamb looked pretty solid too. I I question that pick. Um, it's a typical Jerry Jones pick, you know, in the draft. But I thought he looked okay. Um, yeah, I mean, they had some. I'm sure they had some other names, uh, needs that they could fill. But honestly, you think about it, they went out and got good pass rushers. I thought that's what, what they would go with. Some on the defensive side of the ball, maybe secondary. Mm-hmm. Um, their pass rush has a chance to be nasty. Um, I picked them in some Alden of my fantasy Smith. leagues. Yeah, Alden Smith, Everson Griffin. Uh, uh, Don Terry Poe uh, sitting in the middle. Demarcus Lawrence, Don Terry Poe. Like, they got some dudes on that defense. Yep. On that line. And, obviously, Van Der Esch going out hurts them. Um, look, I I don't know what it is about the Cowboys. I Right now, I have to point the finger at Dak Prescott or the offensive coordinator. You got to go after one of those two. It, this team's way too talented for, for them to be failing like they are, especially – uh, I mean, it's one game in the season, so let's not overreact. But right, right, right. It looked a lot like last year. I don't know if it's Kellen Moore's offense or if it's Dak Prescott's offense. Yeah. Um. But I, I don't know. I hope the Cowboys don't disappoint me. I, look, realistically, I don't care if they lose, but they're too good to be it, – it's almost like in, in baseball when the Yankees aren't good. Or the Yankees are just mediocre. Baseball's better when those, you know, the Yankees of the world. The, the, the I don't want to call them the villains, but that I mean that's essentially what the Yankees and the Cowboys are for most America's, fans. They're America's team. We'll say we'll they say are that. America's team, but I think they were America's team, and now a lot of people cheer against them. You, you see what I'm trying to say? Like, yeah, yeah, super popular for a generation. It's. The Yankees are a better example of, like, the villain, like, that you love to hate kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but you're right. I mean, when you talk about huge – it's the NFL is better when the Steelers are good. It's better when the Cowboys are good. Um, the Packers are good. Like, your, your true, like, core teams that the NFL was founded on. Uh, well, anyway. Uh, but, I mean – you said you don't want them to let you down. That kind of leads us in a little bit to our predictions here. Where you got the Cowboys finishing in the NFC? So, looking at our picks, my NFC picks uh, not <laughs> looking so great. Yeah. 
I've got the 49ers as the top seed. I got the Cowboys, the Saints, Vikings, Buccaneers, Eagles, and Lions. So my division winners are 49ers finishing first in the in the league in the NFC. Then the Cowboys finishing second. Then the Saints, then the Vikings, and then my wild card teams. Of course, there's three wild cards this year. Right. Um, I got the Buccaneers, um, the Eagles, and the Lions. So out of those seven teams, only the Saints won. So my picks are not looking good, Blake. Yeah, Lions should have won, man. DeAndre Swift. Now, I know they blew the lead, whatever. It was it going to the midway to the third quarter, but you had the game-winning touchdown in your hand. You just dropped it. But. Yeah, and I mean, none of these teams lost – uh, lost in a blowout. I, I guess the Vikings and Buccaneers games. Buccaneers close, didn't but. look great. Be honest with you, they did not look great. The first half, I got to see a little bit of it. Tom Brady, yeah, yeah. And with Here's, Mike Evans dealing with a hammy, and now Chris Godwin's in con- concussion, protocol. concussion protocol. Yeah. The the Buccaneers definitely disappointed, but look, none of these teams they had camp. But they did not have a preseason. Here's here's my thing, and why what I went through of, on my picks, my division winners. I picked four teams that had the most continuity from last season, because that's the only thing you can guarantee: the familiarity with the offense, the defense, and um, you know, just players. You know, not having to pick up a new playbook or, or figure out hey, this guy breaks this route off a little earlier. That's what mm-hmm. the that's what the Buccaneers are going to fight. Yeah. Um, I feel like they are too talented. I think that they will get in the playoffs. That's why, that's why I put them in the wild card. But they're not going to beat the Saints. The Saints have way too much continuity. Um, I probably should have put the Saints higher. But I feel like that division, the NFC South, is a tough division. I mean, mm-hmm. the worst team in the division is the Panthers. And they're going to be hard to – I mean, they're going to be a tough team. Um, they got a young coach who I think, and I think they'll improve throughout the season. And I think the same thing for the Buccaneers, they're going to improve at the end of the season. Um, and it's going to be a struggle the first couple games, but yeah, we might, you know, we might get, have to get two or three games into the season before teams kind of click. I mean, I'm not saying they're going to click in week two or week three, but you know, most of these guys in the preseason, they're playing a series in the first game, you know, a quarter in the second game, maybe a half in the third game, and then a fourth fourth game they're not playing hardly at all. You know, maybe it's going to take two, three games into the regular season for these teams, like you said, to have that lack of continuity to really get rolling and to get their offense going. I think – I mean, I'm not, I'm not a football savant by any means, but I think offensively they're going to struggle a lot more than they would defensively. Yeah, and well. it's it's a lot about timing and penalties. You know, the Titans, um, I, I you know, where Mike Vrabel excels is he has a disciplined football team, much like the Patriots. I mean, it's the Patriot way. It's, uh, you know, that's what the model that the Titans have tried to follow. Um, and, and Vrabel's very much like that. And you have teams like the Browns who had – I forget how many penalties. They had like 111 yards worth of penalties. Mm. And that's why the Browns are unsuccessful, typically. But uh, well, they're constantly bringing in new guys, sending guys out. That The lack of continuity, like you said, that's that's a big thing for why those teams aren't sustainable um, and aren't as disciplined as others. 
Yeah, and, and that's a big thing in, in regular NFL years where there's a preseason and, and you've got rookie training camp and, and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, and this year they didn't have a lot of that. So um, that's kind of what geared my picks for, and, and we'll go through Ben's here. Um, he's got the Saints, Seahawks. I really wish I would have put the Seahawks on here, to be honest, yeah, because of that continuity about, thing. You let me down a little bit on that one. So, and here's my thing with the and here's my thing with the Seahawks. They have neglected the fronts. They have neglected the offensive line and the defensive line so much. Russell Wilson, yes, they did beat the Falcons, but they gave up forty. He was pressured on forty percent of his dropbacks, and it's nothing new. I get it. But at some point, that's got to come back to bite them. And maybe not offensively because Russell Wilson does a lot with that offense and they got good weapons. But defensively, I think that's going to hurt them this year. I think teams are going to be able to run the ball and keep the ball away from Russell Wilson. And that's what teams are going to have to do, especially if he's throwing the ball like he is. Um, So – I wish I would have put them, but then again, I was like, you know, I got to have some team that's not regular in here. So, right. But back to Ben's pick Saints, Seahawks, Cowboys, Vikings, Packers, Buccaneers, Eagles. So, pretty much the same. A lot of the same opinion. names, a little, yeah. a little bit different order. Um, no know, 49ers for Ben. And maybe that he's that right. was interesting. Maybe Actually, I think, I think he said that was a typo in the group chat, but he, he submitted the picks. Once you send them to me, they're in. They're etched in stone. That's how it they works. Finalized. It's on Twitter. Yep, it was already out there. Um, but I mean, looking at mine, like mine is a lot like you guys. A lot of the same names. I guess my biggest difference in my picks. Um, I got the Packers winning the the NFC North. Uh, I. I just trust Aaron Rodgers more than I trust any other quarterback in that division. I think their defense has gotten significantly better than what he's had in years past. Um, but my biggest difference from you guys, uh, you got neither one of you guys even had this, this team in the playoffs, and I've got them at my one seed, and that's the Rams. Uh, you know, they were the one seed two years ago off the back of Gurley and Goff having a good year and that defense. I think their defense is still – They've got some ballers on that defense. I know Jalen Ramsey's a crybaby, and he can get showed up at times, but he's got the best defensive player in the league um, on that defensive line. I like their running back situation. I really like the the dual back that they have. I know. It's not good for my fantasy team. Cam Akers. Yeah. I picked up Cam Akers, but uh, it looks like – I always get Malcolm Brown and Daryl Henderson mixed up. I believe Malcolm Brown is the one taking the majority of the snaps right now. That's that's correct. Yeah. Um, and I, I love Sean McVay. The dude is – I think he's the – I'm not going to say he's the next anybody, but I think he is the next, like, superstar head coach. Um, you know, hear, you hear reporters talk about him all the time, how they'll say, what did you do on third and one in 2017 against the Titans on August – or?" September the whatever and he's like oh yeah we ran a halfback stretch and pulled the guard the right guard to the left for eight yards like the dude is a genius oh yeah um, he's uh he's a still trap when it comes to offensive play calling and um you know that I honestly like that pick I mean 
they said in the broadcast the other day that they're wanting to get back to physical football, running the football downhill. And that's where they were successful, play-action pass. They were much like the Titans were, run the ball with Gurley and then play-action pass, and they've got some good receivers that can get open in Woods and Cup. Um, so, let's see. I mean, I guess we'll see if they can uh, return to, to Super Bowl form. Um, I just – I couldn't foresee them – I couldn't foresee them beating out any of those teams. They, they that division is tough. Um, it is. You've got, you've probably got three playoff teams in that division. I would, I would imagine, especially with it being expanded this year. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely that possibility. I just think they beat up on each other: the Rams, Seahawks, um, 49ers. and uh, 49ers, and even the uh, Cardinals. And the Cardinals look good against the 49ers. They beat them. So, yeah. Um, give credit to them, too. I mean, they. Newt coming out and taking all those targets. All of them. Yeah. Yeah. Bill, Bill O'Brien looked good in the first quarter with that trade. And then um, as soon as Sunday rolled around and DeAndre Hopkins played, everybody said, oh, yeah, that that's why we thought that he lost that trade. And he was stupid. <laughs> Yeah, not his not his best move. Certainly not his worst, but not his. Hey, best. I, I hope Bill O'Brien is the Texans coach forever because it I, only means good things. And for the he Titans. might be because he's the GM and the coach. So the only way he's yeah. getting ousted is from the owner. Talk about job at, security. Yeah, at some point he's going to convince the the uh, team to sell it <laughs> to him. <laughs> Somehow they're going. Okay, that's a good idea. They're not even going to sell it. He's just going to absorb the position of owner, just like he did GM. How they the GM position was open, and he just absorbed it because yeah, no one was there. He's going to get written into their will, and they're going to like. I mean, I hope it doesn't happen. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying it probably will happen. And McNair isn't McNair the owner of the Texans? Bob um, McNair. Yeah, yeah. he'll somehow like die from COVID or something. Um, and then Bill O'Brien just yeah owner now. Says in Bob McNair's will that Bill O'Brien will take over uh, <laughs> owning the team. So, but uh, let's move on. Let's move on to AFC, where I feel like uh, we're much more consistent on picks um, and pretty close on order. A little bit, a little bit of difference. I've Definitely got, the top one. We're all consistent on the order. Yeah, everybody's got the Chiefs. Them yeah. adding Clyde edwards alaire Um. I mean, their 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 offense is back to the level they were with Kareem Hunt, and you know that was kind of before they had like Sammy Watkins and these other dudes. So, I'm interested to uh, to see how how they look against some better teams. I don't. I feel like the Texans aren't going to make the playoffs this year. I don't. No, I don't. They they just don't have that support around uh, Watson. Um, the offensive line still not that great. Uh, David Johnson looked okay, but he's liable to get hurt, and he's not the greatest anymore. He's all, he's older now, and the the wide receiver combo. I don't. I mean, it's good, but I don't love it. Yeah, I I, I don't love it. Um, but yeah, Chiefs number one for everybody. Blake and Ben both have the Ravens at number two. Um, this was kind of my hot take. I think the Ravens – I don't think that they necessarily struggle this year. But um, 
I feel like that division is tough. I, I feel like every team in that division got better. I think the Browns got better. Uh, they didn't look like it against the Ravens, but I think they're one of those teams that don't have much continuity, new head coach, new players. I feel like they could beat the uh, beat the Ravens on the second half of the year on the, whenever they play them next. Um, the Bengals will take some time with a new quarterback, but I think they'll be competitive. Um, and then the Steelers. Uh, the Steelers looked good uh, the other night. Granted, it was against the Giants, but that defense looked nasty. I want to see them play against a real offense with a real offensive line. Um, they held Saquon Barkley to six yards. Mm, I think Ben B- Big Ben had more rushing yards than Saquon. Big Ben had nine yards. <laughs> Saquon Barkley had six yards. So they're going to be a problem. I think I think they're geared to beat the Ravens. I think they'll beat them twice this year, but I think the Steelers will get in some situations where uh, they uh, get beat by some teams they shouldn't. I don't think – look, ben, Big Ben didn't look the greatest. It's his first game back. He was already – he was grimacing like after the first play. Uh, well, he said uh, – was it Tuesday morning? He felt like he got – he was in a car accident. <laughs> yeah, so that's not what you want your uh, – your quarterback saying. So I think they will be better. I definitely think they'll make the playoffs. I think they'll be – I think they'll actually play the Ravens in the first round. I think that'll be an interesting game too. Um, but uh, but they, uh, Ben and Blake got the Ravens, and I've got the Bills in as the number two team. And that's mainly because of the division they play in. That defense will have just as much just as much success last year that the Patriots had, if you think about it. They play Sam Darnold and the Jets, and mainly Adam Gase, who is awful, an awful coach. He should never get a job in the NFL ever again. He's terrible. He's ruined <laughs> Sam Darnold. He's ruined Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell had the most yards from scrimmage per game in NFL history or something like that, I, I, I want to say. Average yards per game per history. Or per average yards per game in NFL history. And he's had like the 27 – he's like been like number 27 over the, the last two seasons. That's coaching. That's not a player dropping off. That's coaching. Offensive line, I think, has a little bit to do with it too. It, it does, but you Steelers can – Steelers consistently have a solid offensive line in front of them. But, yeah, yeah I mean – you can scheme First foremost, it's it's Gase. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Gase is terrible. So they're going to play Gase, Adam Gase, and Sam Darnold twice. They're going to play um, the Dolphins twice, and Ryan Fitzpatrick or rookie Tua Tagovailoa. It's going to be the same situation that the Patriots were in last year, where the only real quarterback the Patriots had to play last year was and real team was the uh, Bills and, and Josh Allen. And the Bills got to face uh, Cam Newton this year in the Patriots. That's the, that's the only real challenge. And you, if you stop the run, I think you can beat them. So, to me, the I think the Bills might lose one game in division. They might split with the Patriots. Other than that, they should sweep. So, that's why I went with the Bills number two, just because of their division um, opponents. And you guys, um, like I said, had the Ravens. Everybody picked the Titans, finished third. 
I think that's a safe pick. Yeah. Uh, Three, four, somewhere around there, I think, is where most people are are going. I mean, I think most people are thinking they're going to win the division. I don't know. No, I wouldn't I say think, easily, but I mean, pretty I've heavy seen, favorites to win the division. I've I seen a lot of people say the Colts are, um, the Texans are. No one's saying the Jags are, obviously. Um, but uh, Hopping on 538 real quick, see what they've got as far as – NFL predictions go. Um, yeah, right now, 538, Titans are 54%, uh, 54% chance to win the division. So, they are the favorites in the AFC South. So, that's mm-hmm. good. I will say the Titans uh, do play some tough teams. I know they play the Ravens and the Steelers this mm-hmm. year. So, that's why I put them down as well. I think those teams um, are suited – are well-suited to beat the Titans. Um and we'll go – let's finish out our picks here. Y'all right. got – you've got the Bills as being the first wild card team. Ben's got the Patriots as being the first wild card team. Um, and y'all swapped those picks for uh, the number four seed. Uh, you've got the Patriots winning the division and Ben's got the Bills winning the division. Um. And then we go to the sixth seed. Y'all have both got the Steelers. I've got the Colts. I think the Colts will finish out strong. I think they will find their run game. Um, we can talk about that in a minute. All right. And, and then finally, uh, you've got the Colts. Ben's got the Browns. And I've got the Raiders to get the last wild card spot. Um, what's your thought on those wild card wild card teams and kind of what was your mindset on, on picking those, those teams? Yeah, I think with the first one, you know, the bills, you know, I, I think they could win the division. I think the Patriots still have a, one of the best defenses in the AFC. And of course they still have Belichick to me, the greatest coach of all time. Can't really oh, yeah. argue as far as other coaches that were before me. Cause I don't, I don't know much about them. I wasn't alive when they coached, but right. as far as my generation, easily the, the best coach, maybe across sports. Um, I'd put Nick Saban right up there with him, um, two peas in a pod. Uh, but I like the Patriots over the Bills in the division. Uh, Steelers, the best defense, I think, in the game. Big Ben coming back. Who knows, you know, what he's going to look like the rest of the year if he can stay healthy. If he does, I think the Steelers have a great shot of making the postseason. I think – I mean, they almost made the postseason last year with – the worst quarterback play probably in their franchise history, I would imagine, with uh, Duck Hodges and uh, the other racist guy. I can't think of his name. Mason Rudolph. Mason Rudolph. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mr. Catch-a-Helmet. Yeah. (laughs) He was just trying to put his helmet back on. Yeah, yeah, that's what it was. He just had it upside down. Uh, (laughs) And then the Colts. I think it's a sleeper pick for me. I know you've got them at – the second wild card spot. Mm-hmm. I've always liked Philip Rivers. I don't know if he's a Hall of Famer. I think if he would have won a Super Bowl with the Chargers back when they had LaDainian Tomlinson and he played that AFC championship game with a torn ACL, he would have been a lock for the Hall of Fame. Uh, but I, I know he's still – I mean, he's been pretty bad the last couple of years. Um, but I like I- the running backs they have. I think that he should be in the in the Hall of Fame over Eli. No, I I I can't get on board with that one. We can discuss that, but I 
I know that defense carried both of those Giants teams to the Super Bowl, but and uh, to be fair, two catches. <laughs> if you were to talk about catch probability, right, we're looking at like point one percent. So, no knock on Eli. I think Eli deserves to be in there. He won two Super Bowls, and he, you know, was a franchise quarterback in the New York media market. So, yeah, continue. But that's just my thoughts on those two. But uh, with the Colts, I like their defense. I think their defense will get better. Um, but I really like their running back. I know Marlon Mack is out for the year. He was kind of their workhorse. But they drafted a guy in Jonathan Taylor, who I think is going to be. I know Edward Solaire is in a great system, but as far as pure talent, I like I do like Taylor more than Alaire or Edwards Alaire. Um and he's gonna start getting a lot of the workload now with Mac being out and then not even to mention Naheem Himes, I think mm-hmm. is how you say his first name. He's a good third down pass catching back. Uh, they got some really talented receivers and T. Y. Hilton, Paris Campbell. And the guy from USC, Pittman, Pittman, Michael Pittman, um, and they get to play the Jacks twice. It's always a plus, even though yep. they lost to them in week one. Uh, but they'll get to play the Texans, whose defense is taking a, a big step backwards. Um, that's just kind of my thinking as far as the Colts. And plus, with the extra wild card spot, you kind of have room for a bad team to get in. We've seen in the playoffs in recent years some teams that maybe weren't playoff caliber get in. Mm-hmm. So now they're just making it easier. I like the – I do like the the idea of expansion for the playoffs, just one. Now, we won't get into the baseball expansion because that's a whole other story. But I do like the triple header on wild card weekend. I think that's going to be a whole lot of fun to watch. Yeah, yeah, and I think – when you look at baseball, you have 162 games to figure out the typical, what is it, 10 best teams? Is that right? 11? Yeah, it's usually five and five. Yeah, so you have 162 games, and usually the cream of the crop, you know, the cream has risen to the top mm-hmm. at that point in 162 games. Bigger bigger litmus test to see who's actually yeah. the best team. Right. And so – and obviously, with a shortened season, then you know you want to expand because maybe teams improve over the year or whatever. With sixteen teams, I like an expanded playoff just because there's always teams that like anywhere from like nine and seven to eight and eight that are always on the bubble there. Even some seven and nine teams that maybe they had their certain quarterback go out for four games, and that's a quarter of the season. You know, that's an important yeah. stretch, and. You know, I, I kind of do like the expanded playoff as well. Um, and, and that's why I picked the Raiders. They're in a tough division. They got to play the Chiefs and the Broncos. And, and the Broncos are going to be right there too, I think. Um, I think they finished seven to nine and the Raiders maybe finished eight and eight because the Raiders can, Raiders can run the ball and can control the ball. Um, and I, I like their weapons too. Um, mm-hmm. they, got some, they got some good weapons out there. And I think I believe in Gruden um, getting them to the playoffs. I don't, I don't know how good that defense is. That kind of makes me nervous, but that's why I've got them as the, my last playoff team. And ben, <clears throat> Ben's got the Browns as the last playoff team. They, they're a team that could be there too. Yep. Um, they, I feel like they've made the improvements as well. Yeah, they won and, tonight, beat the, the Bengals 35-30. They did beat the Bengals. It wasn't pretty. Um, 
I, I don't I, I would have liked them to have uh, beat beat beaten them a little bit more but that just goes to show I think that division's got a lot of parity in it I think that's a good division and they're going to beat up on each other um and going back kind of what I was talking about earlier, you know, I was saying that the Titans kind of pre prepared themselves this offseason to go after the Chiefs and beat the Chiefs when they meet them again, if they meet them again. Mm -hmm. um, they kind of de they kind of transitioned from Jarrell Casey to Jadavion Clowney and, and Jeffrey Simmons um, to, to have a pass rusher to get the uh, to get Patrick Mahomes. Um, I feel like you look at these other teams, you look at the uh ravens what did they go out and do they went out and signed clay as campbell or they traded for him i couldn't can't remember yeah, traded and they didn't really do anything on offense I, th I feel like they thought their offense was fine but they went out and got a big guy up front to disrupt an offensive line and i feel like they're preparing themselves to try to beat the titans you look at what the colts did they went out and signed one of the best college running backs or drafted one of the best college running backs. They got better on defense. Traded that, for DeForest Buckner from yeah. the 49ers. So they went out and got a pass rush, which they needed a pass. They didn't have any pass rush last year at all, um, and they really couldn't stop the run. And they went out and kind of addressed both needs. I don't think they've still got enough of a pass rush, but – they're set up to run the ball, and I think that's what they'll get to. I don't. I think they'll struggle early in the season, but I feel like they will become a much more run-heavy team, play-action pass with Phillip Rivers. I think they've got to become that to be successful um, with their current. With Andrew Luck, they could they could do kind of what the Texans do offensively, you know, and pass the ball a lot more. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's kind of past Phillip Rivers' time and throw forty passes a game. Yeah, and, and I don't think that the Colts – I mean, the Colts have some speedy receivers, and I feel like uh, like T.Y. and Paris Hilton uh, – Paris Hilton. Paris <laughs> Paris, <laughs> Paris, Paris Campbell are yeah. equipped. They're good route runners. I think you put them um, with a lot of play action, and I think Phillip Rivers succeeds. But if he's throwing a bunch of passes, he's not going to – he's not that kind of quarterback anymore. And I don't know that he ever, ever was. I think that's kind of been his Achilles heel – um past couple seasons so i i put the colts in there in hopes that they become a much more run oriented team um especially behind that offensive line you 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 got to take advantage of that offensive line you got to have quentin nelson pulling on runs to the right no one wants to see that no linebacker yeah. or Defensive back wants to see that. He's so. an awesome dude. I don't know if you've watched the uh, PMT interview with Nelson, but he's yeah. he's unique. He's very unique for an offensive lineman. He is, yeah. So, I guess, I mean, that's – through our predictions out there, like I said, it's uh, if fly underscore, at if fly underscore on Twitter, if you want to guys, you guys want to go look at that and uh, reply to that. So, I mean, with all that being said, J.D., who are the Chiefs going to be playing against in the Super Bowl? Oh, I do think it's going to be the Chiefs for sure. Yep. I don't, it's tough to say out of the NFC. There's so many, there's so many good teams. Um, honestly, man, I I mean, you really could have a, a coin flip, and I don't think they're going to beat the Chiefs. I'm going to say. I'm not going to say the Saints. I don't think that that their offense in the playoffs ever 
equates to wins for whatever yeah. reason. Um, I could see a team like the Buccaneers getting hot at the right time or the Cowboys. I don't believe in the Cowboys coach. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say the Buccaneers. Buccaneers. All right. We'll etch that into into the predictions log. Um, we'll let Ben we'll, – we'll ask Ben when he gets back on, hopefully next week, who he's got playing the Chiefs. Like I mean, Chiefs – my heart wants to pick the Titans. I just – I do think their defense got worse. I do. I think Casey was a leader for this defense. I don't I don't care how much you think Jeffrey Simmons has progressed. Clowney is a very good disruptor, but Jarrell Casey was a heartbeat of this defense. I think losing him or trading him, mind you, while it made sense money-wise if you're going out and getting Clowney, hurts. Um, and losing Logan Ryan, I know you couldn't afford to sign him back. <laughs> with some of the other money you had to pay out to Tannehill and Henry. I think that's going to hurt a lot. Um, my heart wants to pick the Titans, but I, I do think they're probably going to take a step back, honestly, on both sides of the ball. Uh, I think teams will, are going to game plan for their offense a little bit better this year. Um, but so, I mean, obviously I'm going to go with the Chiefs. And I'm actually going to pick one of my wild card teams to – make the Super Bowl. I love the Seahawks. I do. I just love Russell Wilson. Um, I love Tyler Lockett. I think Metcalf is was highly overhyped as far as his measurables go whenever he was coming into the draft. But he put up some really good numbers last year. Uh, and Pete Carroll, uh, you know, he made that terrible decision in the Super Bowl years ago to throw the ball on the one-yard line. And I think it's going to haunt him forever. And I, I I, hope he uses that as motivation to make the right decisions. But I'm going to bet on the second-best quarterback in the National Football League and Russell Wilson. We've got Chiefs and Seahawks going. And, I mean, we can say it if we want. I mean, I think the Chiefs are probably going to repeat. I think that's a pretty fair assumption for all three of us. Um, I mean, it, look, anything can happen. You're one injury away. You're one. I mean, the Chiefs were beat in the in the uh, almost. They're beating the, every game. Yeah, I mean, I almost called it the divisional series, but no. Uh, I guess it is the divisional series. Is that what the second round of the NFL playoffs is called? I'm drawing a blank. Is it? Why it's? I know it's wild card weekend. Wild card divisional round. I guess it is. But anyway, they were beat. The Texans were owning them in the first half of that game, and then they crapped the bed pretty heavily. So, look, we're one bad day from my homes away from them losing. But if I had to put my money on it, I think the Chiefs are probably going to take it all. So, I, And I'll add on to your Super Bowl pick. If it's the Chiefs and the Seahawks, I'm going to say that the Chiefs are up by 28 at half. I, I think that Seahawks' defense – Yes, they got Jamal Adams, but they have no pass rush. Patrick Mahomes will sit back there, and Jamal Adams cannot cover Travis Kelsey and uh, Tyreek Hill. That's my that's my hot take. There's not a whole lot of teams that can cover both of those guys, though. So, correct. You just need Jonathan Cyprian to knock Travis Kelsey out. Works every time. Every time. 
Well, I think that's it as far as NFL goes. Um, like I said, we're going to get Ben on here hopefully next week, get him to kind of explain why he picked the Browns to make the playoffs. We all know the Browns have went many, many years without even fielding a decent team. Uh, I'd like to hear his pick on the Eagles too. I thought I liked your Lions pick, just a little feedback there. I mean, they should have won that game Sunday. I love Matthew Stafford. Something about Georgia players and dropping game-winning touchdowns. Oh, yeah. Hmm. Oh, dogs. speaking – right, Rise so, above hate. Rise above hate before hate. <laughs> <laughs> you see where he took credit for Cade Mays? Yes, yes. Me and my team have been working. Speaking of Ray from UGA, we said we were going to talk some SEC. We're going to hold that off. we still got another week to get more prepared for that, but also to get Ben in here. You know, we want Ben in here. He's our main host of the show. We want him to get in here and get in on the arguing of how many games Tennessee is going to win this year. Uh, but, yeah, Cade Mays getting released today. That's huge news. Ball's offensive line, if they stay healthy. I don't – they really ain't even got to stay healthy. They got some, some guys that are going to be like – Well, we want them to stay healthy. Yeah, oh, yeah, you want them to stay healthy. But they're going to be eight deep. I mean, you think about it. I mean, we'll get into it next week. But yeah. Wanya Morris going left to right. Wanya Morris, Trey Smith, Brandon Kennedy, Cade Mays, Darnell Wright. And then you have Crone Calvert, Jameer Johnson, yeah. uh, Cooper Mays. I mean, you have yeah. – Some dudes. I think they're eight or nine deep on the on the offensive line. They've, they've – and- they might be eight or nine deep on the defensive line as well. They've got I think some they're guys over there too. I don't think Morvin Joseph is going to play, and that dude looks like a freak as a freshman yep. as far as physique. Um, the Got to watch linebacker, though. Linebacker and uh, re, and receiver, I feel like we're kind of thin. But. Yeah, but we'll, we'll get into more of that. It's a little bit of a tease for what's to come. We definitely are going to get another pod out next week. Um, hopefully we'll – Get that one recorded early in the week and try to drop it. Maybe we'll drop it a day early on Thursday of next week. Um, but, I mean, that's it. Uh, you got anything you want to head out the door or got any special predictions as far as what's to come in the next three months of 2020? Got anything no. going on? Anything Anything exciting happening? I mean, I'm having a kid in December, so. Well, let's I'm go. A, yes, yeah. Sir. That that'll be fun and exciting. Um, yeah, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna add before Blake goes on his rant on a certain Titans player. Oh yeah, to, we're saving uh, that for the end. This is preaching directly to Blake. Directly to Blake. Um, rise above hate before hate rises above you, Blake. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I'm not gonna harp on him too bad, but uh, there's actually two guys from the Titans game I want to rant about a little bit. I have been on the Corey Davis train. Since day one, I I can remember explicitly the night of the draft saying, please take Corey Davis. Every I mean, we were in the SOC Devo watching the draft, and I was like, guys, we got to get Corey Davis. Got to He's elite. He's not super fast. He's got great hands, though. He's an elite route runner, intermediate route kind of guy. He's going he's gonna to help out. We need a receiver. He's going to be awesome. And they took him. And I look like a buffoon for three years. (laughs) Yeah. But I'm hoping in a contract year, he continues to do what he did Monday night. He had seven catches for buck 11, I believe. I don't remember the exact numbers. 
But with A.J. Brown taking away some of that that uh, coverage, I think it's going to open up Corey Davis, and I think he's going to have a heck of a year with Ryan Tannehill getting a full season in this offense. So I think he's going to have a great year and a contract year, and I cannot wait come next March when the Detroit Lions offer Corey Davis a four-year contract. It's going to be so refreshing. Um, but, no, I saw someone tweet that, that Corey Davis is playing like he really wants a contract from the Detroit Lions. So, um, but Corey Davis, good. Now to my bad Titans player of the week. You draft a guy in the first round to take over at right tackle. And he, in a year where quarantine is rampant throughout the United States, where COVID has taken over literally everything in our life, and the guy cannot stay away from TSU's campus to play in the National Football League. This is now the second time he has been on the COVID list because of attending an off – I won't say off bubble because there is no bubble, but out of uh, quarantine, so to speak, party with a bunch of college kids. I understand that you would be a senior in college now. I think I think he left early as a junior from Georgia. He was but, a sophomore, redshirt sophomore, and he's young too. I think he's on. He's. I think he just turned twenty-one. But still, you are a first-round draft pick. Think of the guaranteed money that comes with that, and you go in the middle of a pandemic. And we won't talk about the pandemic, but you go in the middle of a pandemic, and give up a potential starting offensive tackle position in the NFL on a team that loves to run and runs the ball a lot, which is going to help you a lot. You don't have to pass protect as much. And he goes and screws it up. Look, it's one week into the season. Like I said, he's been on the COVID list twice because of this. He got arrested. Got arrested. His mugshot is now Buckethead's mugshot on uh, Twitter for any of you (laughs) Titan followers out there, Titan Twitter people. Beza. Oh man, it's it's frustrating because uh, I mean we're you saw Taylor Lewan, you know he tweaked his knee. I mean that you're one play away from having your four string tackle at left tackle, um, and it's like I understand these guys are kids. They're 21, like you said, but I just it baffles me that we're this this happens, um, but. Here we are. Uh, I know he is on the COVID. I don't know how long he's going to be out. I don't. I have no idea. I have no update as far as if he will be available this week or not. I can't imagine so if he was put on the COVID list last week. Um, it's just ridiculous. I mean, I mean, I've said it over and over, but you're, you're you have the potential to start for a team that will is going to make the playoffs, barring any drastic injury or terrible year from one player they're going to make the playoffs you're going to probably be starting at right tackle maybe not now but you would eventually take that over dennis kelly's fine but he's not a starting tackle in the nfl but anyway i i'm repeating myself now because i'm so upset about it but it's ridiculous (laughs) i mean he's uh, shown to be very immature so far i think the titans will bring him in lawan or somebody will make sure he starts acting right I hope so. Uh, it might be Dennis Kelly. I, I know Dennis Kelly was taking this stuff pretty seriously at the beginning of camp, but I don't know that's Dennis Kelly's replacement. So maybe Dennis Kelly's like, 
like taking him to these parties on purpose and whatnot, sabotaging him. I, don't I would know. think the guy that I would want – look, I love Taylor Lewan. I love him. He's a great player. He's a great dude. I listen to a lot of busting with the boys. That's not the guy I want to take him in. I want the running back. I want Derrick Henry, the professional. I mean, you talk about a guy who does his job, doesn't That'd get in trouble, doesn't open his mouth. He plays the game, and he's played it well, and he's getting paid. I think if I'm Derrick Henry, if I want to have another great year, I want my six foot seven right tackle in the game, my first-round draft pick at right tackle. Um, so maybe Derrick Henry can, I don't know, talk him out of some of this immaturity, but it's not a good sign going forward. So especially in a rookie season, you become, you've been arrested and went to two parties and then placed on the COVID list twice. It's not a great start to your career. So, yeah, but anyway, that's my mini rant for the week. Um, that's about it. Uh, we miss Ben today. Miss Ben keeping us calm, keeping us in order. Uh, but he will be back next week. Hope you guys enjoyed football being back. And it's it's just we're touching the tip of the iceberg right now. There's here in a couple weeks when we're gonna have uh, we're gonna have college and NFL going at the same time, and the MLB playoffs it is going to be glorious. I cannot wait. Um, so with that being said, chop on. Tighten up. I guess I should say for the A now. They've kind of gotten away from no, that. Chop, chop on. on. Chop on. Yeah, I know. Chop, chop on. on, baby. Well, you notice the players do the chop kind of thing whenever they're. Oh, yeah. Congrats. Yes. I mean, that's. It's ridiculous. Chop on. Chop on. Tighten up. Go Vols. And always rise above hate.